CBDC. The Bank for Canadian Entrepreneurs is a proud partner of the Startup Women podcast. BDC is here for women entrepreneurs in their efforts to move forward and achieve their business goals. To meet their specific needs, BDC provides financing, strategic advice, and has a wide selection of free resources. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women. BDC is here for what's ahead. Scotiabank Women Initiative is a signature program designed to increase economic opportunity for individuals who identify as women or non-binary to be successful now and in the future. This unique offering helps women pursue their best professional and financial futures by providing unbiased access to capital and tailored solutions, bespoke specialized education, holistic advisory services, and mentorship. For more information, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. You're listening to the Startup Women Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. On the Startup Women Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and all of the support that you need to make your vision a reality faster. This podcast is a production of Startup Canada, Canada's entrepreneurship organization and is presented in partnership with the Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. I'm your host, Kayla Isabel, CEO at Startup Canada. Welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have Vivian Kay on our show today. Vivian is the founder and CEO of Kinky Curly Yaki, a premium textured hair extension brand for black women that she bootstrapped to over $6 million in revenue as an immigrant, college dropout, and single mom. As a self-proclaimed Gary Vee meets Oprah remix, Vivian is also a business and empowerment expert, as well as a TV, radio, and podcast personality. Through her magnetic energy, Vivian empowers, uplifts, and educates her audience into taking action. Welcome to the show, Vivian. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks. <laughs> I'm already feeling the magnetic energy. I love it, Vivian. <laughs> so what is really the most important thing that you want our audience to take away from our conversation today, Vivian? You know, I would say that the most important thing I want the audience, you, you who's listening, you right there. I want you to take away the fact that, girl, you can do this. Like, you really can. If a mediocre white guy can do it, you can do it, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sing it. I love it, baby. I love it. So walk us through how you did this. Take us on your entrepreneurial journey. Why did you launch Kinky Curly Yaki? Bring us to the very, very beginning. Uh, so the very beginning. Um, well, once upon a time, I had a nine to five. And uh, at that nine to five, I started a side hustle which was a wedding business. So I was running a business called Vivian's Decor and Design where I was doing weddings. I was doing, you know, table uh, centerpieces, flowers, all that type of thing. Anything that was decorative at a wedding, that's what I did. And while I was doing that, I needed a hairstyle that was quote unquote presentable. Now, as a black woman, you know, if you're a black woman, you understand what that means. But I'll just explain for the general public. Um, what that means is, uh, you know, as black women, we have this, there's a the standard that we are 
uh, somehow supposed to keep up to, which is that European beauty standard. But as you no, we don't look like Europeans for the for the most part. Um, and, you know, that beauty standard is long, silky, straight hair. And so a lot of black women tend to or used to put chemicals in our hair in order for our hair to be straight. And so, it, you know, when the rise of YouTube and, you know, people becoming influencers and doing vlogging on YouTube, we, we, got, we were sick and tired of that because our hair doesn't naturally grow straight. It grows either curly, tight curls, kinks, that type of thing. And we started to wear more of our natural texture more. And in order to, for me to do that, and a lot of us do that, we tend to wear protective styles because our hair isn't suited to the North American environment. So we wear wigs and weaves and braids, like all that. So any black woman that you see in popular culture that, that you know, like Oprah, Serena Williams, Beyonce, they're all wearing protective styles. So I set out to find a protective style that looks like my hair. So when I went looking for it, it was either buried underneath the more European, you know, silkier, more exotic textures or it didn't exist at all. So I sort of just thought, oh, that's kind of weird. And I, you know, filed the idea in the back of my head. But I was set, I set out to solve my own problem. I wanted hair that looked like mine. So I went looking for it. I joined Facebook groups and, and uh, you know, hair forums and that type of thing, trying to solve my own problem. And I also saw other women having that problem. While I was in those groups, uh, what happened was they, you know, they shared a lot of information too. So they shared a lot of vendors. So then I started to do my own research and reaching out to vendors overseas to solve my own problem. I finally found a manufacturer that could create something that I, I loved. And so I bought it and I wore it. I went to a networking event and a black woman came up to me and asked me what my uh, regimen was for my hair to look the way it did. And who my hairdresser was. And as a black woman, that is a huge, that's a, just a huge compliment because mm. she didn't know I was wearing a weave. So I was like, girl, I am wearing a weave. And she said, I would buy that. And I thought, wow, if I would buy it and she would buy it, there's got to be at least a dozen other women who would buy it too. Mm. So in the down season of uh, Vivian's Decor and Design, I launched Kinky Curly Yaki in December 2012 and it took off. And what is uh, behind the name Kinky Curly Yaki out of curiosity? Yeah. So if you're a black woman, you kind of get it because they're, they're hair texture. So kinky, like, you know, just kinky oh. hair and then curly, which is, you know, just curly hair. And then the yaki is usually what gets people stuck. Um, so <laughs> before when they wanted to mimic black women's hair, they would use hair from a yak. So, Interesting. yeah, so they, okay, that's my learning of the day. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Today you learned. Um, and wow. then they just threw the eye at the end to make it yaki, right? Cause who wants to say they're wearing hair from a yak? So they threw an eye at the end and make it, made it yaki. So if you're a black woman who wears protective styles, it's sort of like a, a tongue in cheek because if you, if you wear, if you're a black woman and you wear protective styles, you know what yaki is. You know. Yeah. So, so yeah, so it's kinky curly. So it's just, they're just three different hair textures. Amazing. And now Kinky Curly Yaki is the seven-figure business, you know, this huge accomplishment. Um, you know, great to see this incredible evolution. And considering that you bootstrapped the venture in its early stages, it's even even that much more impressive. Uh, so to our audience, what tactics would you recommend to those that are looking to bootstrap, um, that are really in those early stages of starting their business? They might be avoiding VC investments or bank loans. Uh, walk us through the beginning of actually starting this business from an investment perspective, but also 
um, just shifting from you know the ideation process of starting your product to building you know a sellable product. Well, I think what's really important is that you need to be solving a problem. Don't just start a business because, oh, well, I saw so-and-so on TikTok, you know, doing it really well, so I'm going to do it too. That's not going to, that's not going to work eventually, right? Mm. Start with a problem. So what is nagging? What bothers you every single day? Do, are there solutions for it? If there are existing solutions, how can you improve on those solutions, right? So I didn't invent hair extensions. I didn't invent kinky textured hair extensions. But what I did was I focused on uh, only selling kinky textures mm. right so that was a one-stop shop for kinky textures so i'm i niched down and i think that's also that's the number two thing so not only do you need to solve a problem you need to niche down and it's very scary to do trust me i understand it but what happens is when you niche down you also narrow down the people you're talking to mm. right mm -hmm. and you're able to like i always say i get high i got high on my own supply because I am the customer, right? Because yeah, I am the yeah. customer. I understand the pain points. So I'm better able to communicate those pain points because why? I'm solving my own problem. So when I say, girl, I understand when, you know, you and your 4C hair woke up and you thought you had a bomb ass twist out and it's not the, the bomb ass twist out that you thought it was, you know, and, and I, and I understand that. Right. Mm. And so like you just in, in order to have a sellable product, you want need to be have you need to be able to solve a problem Two, you need to niche it down so you can speak to a very specific demographic of people so that they feel like, oh, my goodness, you created this product just for me. You understand my pain. Right. And then once you've gotten those customers, once you've solved those problems, those people will run out and tell everybody and their mother about you. Because you help them with a pain point in their life. And don't think, oh, well, I'm just selling tea. No, girl, you're selling tea to help me with my period pains. That's a big deal. Don't, don't, don't do the job of other people where you're already, uh, you know, blocking the blessings by saying things like, oh, it's only this. No, it's not only this. Because if it was only this, then everybody would be doing it. Right. So I love that. Yeah. Don't block your own blessings. Like <laughs> that, that's a, uh, that's a good one. So walk us through, you know, some of those, the pain points of building this business. I'm very curious in seeing how you navigated, um, you know, building this product, um, you know, finding these, these different customers, but really scaling this business. We often hear there are so many challenges, um, that entrepreneurs face as they're navigating the scale of what is, um, you know, a very yeah. solid product. What, what did Absolutely. that look like for you? Well, you know, I hit my first million without a single paid ad. Wow. Mm. Not a single paid ad, not a single uh, uh, email, like nothing, nothing. Wow. Just just strictly through word of mouth because I was solving a problem mm -hmm. that existed for thousands of black women. Right. And so then that's why I'm really adamant about solving a problem. And it's a problem that should be close to you. Right. Because then you're really able to speak to it now. OK, if you want to sell, you know, pillows that have sayings on them. Cool. But really be into the sayings, like really, <laughs> really believe and back the sayings that you're that you're selling on these pillows, because if you're just selling pillows that have sayings on it, just willy nilly, no one's going to believe that. Right. And so then that's that's where I had my advantage was that I got high on my own supply. I knew what I was talking about because I was my own customer. So I was really able to speak to the product. I was really able to speak directly to, to my, my target audience, my target demographic. 
And not a lot of people can do that. And listen, you shouldn't set out to be Amazon. Let Amazon be Amazon. But Amazon can't be you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Flip Amazon. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I love that. Amazon yeah. can't be you. Amazon can't speak directly to the reason why she you're they're selling pillows with these sayings that, mm-hmm. you know, say, you know, I don't know, uh, rosé on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazon can't do that. That's true. Right. They can't you can't write a thank you note on, on, you know, a postcard and put it in the box and make it personal. Mm-hmm. Right. They can't do that. But you can't. Don't try to compete with the big guys. If anything, go and see what the big guys are doing and do the opposite of that. Look through their reviews and see where, you know, see, look at those one star reviews. Why didn't the customer like that product? Mm-hmm. Then you're going to do you're going to do the opposite of that. I love that advice. That's really helpful just in terms of framing that, yeah, often we get so stuck in competing with these big players and, uh, you know, growth for the sake of growth that you have this really unique differentiator by not being those entities that is yep. is really special. I love that reminder. Yep. Awesome, Vivian. Yep. So let's walk through, you know, your your business coaching business. And, you know, alongside uh, Kinky Curly Yaki, you appear to be everywhere. You are speaking to so many different people, <laughs> you know, being a business coach, um, being this thought leader. Um, and talking about empowerment to you, what is the importance of empowerment, um, and mindset for women founders, especially in today's entrepreneurial landscape, you know, with things being as they are, um, what does sort of that empowerment piece look like to you and how do you live and breathe that through your, uh, your business coaching business? Um, well, you know, it's mindset is everything. Mm. Mindset is everything. And, you know, I'm someone who's overcome a lot of obstacles and challenges in order to get to where I am today. So I I get it. I get it. Like I really understand it. And I think what I do is I I I communicate it in such a relatable manner, mm-hmm. which is just, "Hey girl, this shit stinks. I know." <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Here's how we can turn this shit into manure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so um, you know, and and especially we as women, we tend to undervalue ourselves. Mm. And I've learned a lot from doing that myself. Right. So, uh, you know, and especially being an immigrant and a a single mother and a college dropout, I'm the exact opposite of what success, if you looked up success in the dictionary, Mm. right. Because usually, you know, if they had to put a picture, it'd be some white guy. Mm. Right. Mm. But I'm the exact opposite of that. So when I, when I move, when I move through my different channels, so Instagram or Twitter or whatever it is, I, I remind myself that I am not a role model. I don't set out to be a role model, but what I set out to be is a possibility model. Mm. So I show you what's possible. Now, is it easy? No, I didn't make $6 million in a year. I absolutely did not do that. In fact, I had to correct someone the other day when they implied that I had made $6 million in a year. And I had to go back and correct them and say, no, I didn't make $6 million in a year. I did that over this amount of this amount of time. Mm. Because I don't want anyone to ever think that I make it look easy. Mm-hmm. This shit is hard. Being an entrepreneur is one of the loneliest things you will ever do. Mm-hmm. But it's possible. Like Things are possible. You know, making being a seven-figure business is possible. Will it happen overnight? Absolutely not. But it is possible and it's possible to do it on something that you're passionate about, something that you're that you love and a problem that you're trying to solve. It's very much possible, but you just need to have the right direction and the the wherewithal and the mindset. Mindset is super important. Um, You know, I I will fully admit that these past 18 months have been the hardest of my life as an entrepreneur. 
And I've been an entrepreneur now for uh, for 16 years. And every other week I said, I need to go get a job. I need to go get a job. I need to go get a job. But then I remind myself that this, these are the times that this is what entrepreneurship is made of. You want that resiliency? You want that strength? Well, girl, those times that you're down, that's what, that's what gives you that strength. You can't see me, but I'm shaking my head up and down. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally picking up what you're laying down. And I love this concept of the possibility model because it's often so hard to convey what entrepreneurship is or what you could sort of aspire to be because there's so many different ways for that to evolve and the end goal looks so totally different for different types of entrepreneurs right. that uh, right. you know growth means different things um you know that your financial security means very different things to different people and our goals while different should be equally respected that we have right. that freedom as entrepreneurs how do we right. you know convey all of those different possibilities but showcase yeah you can do it this way or this way, or that way, that you know right. we don't have There's to feel no prescribed. one way to do it. You've got it right. I love that. So when we look at um, you know your journey and and you've clearly mentioned you know it has not been easy. Um, that you've also mentioned before you launched your business, you experienced um, you know depression, mental health challenges, and uh, dropped out of school as well. Um, how did did that journey? bring you into this space of entrepreneurship and give you an advantage that, you know, this resilience and this tenacity and overcoming adversity has, you know, potentially fueled you into this future. Walk us through how that has supported your journey. You know, I think, you know, I, I referred to it earlier as the shit is manure, mm -hmm. right? I love and so, yes. And so then I always like to think of, you know, everything is temporary. So mm. the shit is temporary. Even the highs are temporary. Mm. Everything is temporary, but it's how you sort of move in and out of these moments that really defines you as an entrepreneur, mm. right? So like, say, for instance, I already mentioned that the, you know, the last 18 months were really tough for me, but once I got my head out of the sand, I decided to pivot, right? So I looked at the things that I could control. I can't control supply chain. I can't control cash flow for the most part, Right. But I can control myself and what I have to offer and the fact that my, my, all my experiences and expertise is actually printing money, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. I pivoted into helping people get their businesses online because I've just spent the last nine years with a business online. Mm -hmm. But here I was helping brick and mortar stores getting online. So I was able to just you, – you have to be able to just take what you have, you know, take, make those lemons, make lemonade out of the lemons that you're given. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I feel like with depression and, you know, all that sort of adversity has helped fuel me, like has helped me get through these moments because they're temporary. Mm -hmm. It's all temporary. And, you know, these moments of discomfort help to grow. So I always like to say that, you know, shit is manure. Mm -hmm. Right. So <laughs> you 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 give, you know, it comes out of shit. It looks like shit, smells like shit. But if you put it on a plant. It will help that plant grow and thrive and flourish if you use it the right way. I love that. That's that's the post-it moment of the episode. I often think of what is the one thing I would write on my post-it. <laughs> this one would be shit, shit is, is manure. manure. I love it. Yeah. I love it. So one question I would love to ask you, Vivian, is looking back, what piece of advice would present day you give yourself when you first launched your business? Because um, I know hindsight is obviously twenty twenty, but I'm very curious from your perspective, what would you tell your former self? Trust yourself. You know more than you think you do. 
Um, you know, I've spent, you know, doing this business in particular, uh, Kinky Curly Aki, for the past nine years. And I, I, I would hire these professionals who I thought because I paid them would, you know, would know more about my business than I did. And they were some of the biggest mistakes that I've made because I didn't trust myself enough. Um, and I feel like, especially as women, we tend to, we tend to not trust ourselves. We just, we don't trust our intuition because we're like, no, we need to think with our head. We need to be rational, but that's our power. Like our intuition is our power. And so then we should rely on that. So if your gut says, "Mm -mm, girl, don't do that. Don't do it. Don't do it because it's telling you don't do it for a reason. Uh, And, you know, so you need to trust that voice and don't let anyone be like, oh, you're just being emotional. No, girl, there's a reason why I'm emotional. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because that's what that's that's what that's what that that's what that is there for is to help guide you through things. So I think we need to rely more on that uh, on that intuition to make better decisions. So I wish I had trusted myself more. That's great advice. And I think uh, often, you know, so many entrepreneurs that we engage with at Startup Canada really struggle with managing and and honoring their intuition, but also taking feedback. How do you find that balance of, um, you know, critical assessments or really strong, great recommendations that you could be getting from mentors or advisors Mm. with what you know in your core to be true? Do you have any advice on how to carve out that intuition, but also keep room for feedback? Well, I think that's the thing you need to keep that in mind is to keep room for feedback, right? Like, Mm. you know, especially when it's your business, it's your baby, it's your it's your thing. Sometimes people who are on the outside that have no skin in the game will give you some feedback that is needed, right? Because they've seen some things, they've experienced some things and, you know, they're giving you this advice to help you. So, you know, I always be always be able to listen with an open mind. Like, listen to what everyone has to say. You don't have to do everything they say. Or even if they give you one piece of advice, maybe you could take that piece of advice and do it your way. But just Mm. always listen to the feedback with an open mind. And only take advice from people who have done the thing that you want to do. That's a a huge thing. Like, if your mom who has never done it, God bless her, you love her. But if she's telling you to do it this way, girl, don't listen to her. She means the best, but she's never done what you want to do. There's a great quote on that. It's, it's, you know, don't take directions from someone who's never been to your destination. Right, right. <laughs> that kind yeah. of idea. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I love that. And so resources. Vivian, I'm curious, what what initiatives, programs, uh, mentors, advisors, where have you sought out community and resources on your entrepreneurial journey? Where could you point some of our listeners? Um, well, you know, I'm a part of, if there's one thing that I've, I've, I've really made it a point to do, especially at, you know, the point where I am as an entrepreneur is to sort of reach back. So one of the organizations that I belong to is called the Founders Fund. Um, and it helps women identifying entrepreneurs build their businesses um, and get access to funding that they wouldn't normally have access to. Um, And so I'm a part of that organization. So there's the Founders Fund and there's a community Slack channel. There's all that beautiful stuff. Um, And then there's also, uh, you know, I'm also just to be full trans full transparency. I'm the host of a new podcast called Business Class Build It Braver with American Express. And American Express has this initiative called um, Blueprint. So what it does is it backs BIPOC businesses. So it provides, you know, 100 BIPOC business owners from across Canada with mentorship and a million dollars in grants to help take their business to the next level. So that's something that I wish I had when I started my business. So, you know, I don't be afraid to 
you know, take advantage of all these these programs and and um, grants and resources that are available because that's what they're there for. I know as women, sometimes we're like, oh, no, I don't want to bother anybody. No, girl, go and bother them. That's what they're there for. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're, <Absolutely. more. laughs> mm-hmm. they're there to help build your business and especially the ones that are geared specifically towards women or specifically towards BIPOC take advantage of the programs because if you don't someone else will and I think with with those initiatives as well that um, you know if there if we see more people coming to these programs as well there will be more programs like that like as an entrepreneur support organization if we see active engagement and people coming uh, you know we'll be able to build from that base so I I think yeah don't miss out on these these great opportunities yeah. um, because you either um, you know think that somebody else should have it over you or um, you know because you might not have um, Courage is, is not the right word, but just go for it. Have that the confidence audacity. in yourself to it's the, the audacity. audacity. I love I always, it. There's love two it. things, two things I want to say. So one thing, always ask yourself, why not me? Okay. Mm. Why not me? Like literally, why not me? And then second, ask yourself, what would Chad do? And <laughs> yes, what is this? What does Chad do? <laughs> what Please Chad explain do? this. So Chad is, he's just, um, he's not, a, it's not a specific person. It's just the sort of like this, you know, he's just this guy. You, everyone knows that guy that's doing the things that he has no business doing. It's an energy. It's a mood. It's a mindset. That's what Chad is. So really Chad is that guy that's doing the things he has no business doing and he's doing it mediocrely. Right. He doesn't have the qualifications. He doesn't have the know how he's just doing it and he's getting praised for doing it. But, girl, you know what you're saying. You know what you're doing. You have the qualifications. You just don't have the audacity that Chad has. Right. Because the thing with Chad is Chad's confidence overrides his qualifications. But you have the qualifications. You just need the confidence to match to match up with it. So whenever I start to doubt myself or, you know, undervalue what I'm worth, I think, what would Chad do? Chad wouldn't undervalue himself. Chad would ask for, you know, all the money in the world. And he gets it. So why can't you? So why not me? And what would Chad do? Why not me? And what would Chad do? Those are two additional (laughs) post-its to add to to your computer screens to our listeners. I am just a world of post-its. World of post-its. I love it. That's that's how I process information. Pop it on a post-it. That's my (laughs) go-to. So Vivian, any final takeaways? I think we've covered a lot of ground in today's podcast episode. Anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we sign off? No. um, You know, no, just just go out there and get it, girl. It is there for the taking and you need to go and get it. And when you do go and get it, come back and let me know that you got it. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. And where can people find you, Vivian? Where's the best place to get a dose of uh, this energy every day? Oh, I am an absolute pleasure to follow on Instagram. Um, <laughs> I will attest to that. I do follow Vivian on Instagram and it is a pleasure to follow Vivian I'm on I'm an Instagram. absolute pleasure. So it's it's Vivian K. So I-T-I, sorry, I-T-S-V-I-V-I. A-N-K-A-Y-E. You'll know it's me if you see a a black lady with a crown and balloons. That's me. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much, Vivian, for joining us on the Startup Women podcast. This has been so much fun. Really valuable takeaways for our listeners today. Um, And uh, have the audacity to to make some changes, uh, listeners, as you see fit and uh, trust that intuition. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Vivian. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Women Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs to start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, VDC, and Scotiabank for helping us to power women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook, 
resources for women entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. And visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast, hosted by Rick Spence, and plug into the Startup Canada network. Until next time, I'm Kayla Isabel. It's time to choose to challenge the status quo and unleash the economic potential of women.